Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Sylvia Global Radio. You're listening to Devoted Moms with Tasha and Regina, an hour of engaging conversation for women who embrace the career of being a full-time mom. Good afternoon, Devoted Moms. Happy Thursday. This is Tasha. Hello. Hey, Regina. Hey, Tasha. Hey, Devoted Moms. Wow, it seems like it was just the other day we were just on the um, online talking. I know, it does. It was a quick wow. week. I look forward to our Thursdays. I know. And it was funny, I almost, uh, Devoted Moms, I was in Panera um, last week, and I was almost there again today, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that this week. <laughs> so I quickly drove home so I could be in the comforts um, with a nice warm cup of um, of coffee. And I'm hoping that the devoted moms out there, this weather has just been so crazy that mm-hmm. you are finding um, a safe and warm and comfortable place uh, just because it's just been all over the place. I was, Yeah, um, I mean, and yeah, here too. Yeah, I was in New York and... Um, it was hailing and snowing, and then the next day the sun was out and it was almost 60 degrees. So there's yep. these these extreme weather patterns that um, that are, are just really making us wonder, like, who's in charge again? Oh, well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody hijacked the thermostat. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's exactly how it's been here. I mean, we had five tornadoes touch down in Georgia yesterday. Oh my god! And just crazy rain and and all night and then now it's I'm looking out my window and I'm not sure what the weather feels like but it's a gorgeous day it's an mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous day out there so yeah you know, what's yeah. going on what we do now and it's funny because um uh, as I said earlier my work took me to New York Brooklyn New York for if we have any listeners any devoted moms in Brooklyn New York I was there in your house. And um, just a great group of folks who um, all identify themselves as being sick and tired of being sick and tired of um, people dying from addiction, um, mm-hmm. dying from uh, from violence and crimes associated with. But also, people who are also there to celebrate and wanting to figure out how do we um, highlight and duplicate victories. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. People who had overcome their addiction, um, one guy was 36 years out, another woman was 13, and another gentleman was 12 um, years into their recovery and just were doing are doing phenomenal work. And so I really am grateful for being able to go and be in the space where I can see um, the positive, uh, the, the, the things that are happening where you know, where folks really are stepping up in in really powerful ways, so that we can have right. a community. So that was that was that was pretty cool. So I um, I always and this was also the area that got hit the hardest um, by Hurricane Sandy, mm-hmm. and it, really all that I got to see about it, it, you know, the residual was that there were quite a few subway stops that were not open. So, okay. you know, our brothers and sisters that are in uh, New Jersey and in uh, New York, particularly around the Brooklyn area, are still are still having challenges behind that. And yeah. November, Sandy was in November. Mm. <laughs> so, so we just right. want to, um, you know, send out positive energy towards, you know, healing and um, just really moving forward and thriving. Yeah, yeah, lots of restoration going on, but the spirit was not um, compromised at all. It was good. It was it was a really good. It was a good experience. It really was. Awesome. I'm glad you had a yeah. good time there. I'm glad. Yeah, you had... yeah. I think my next spot might actually be Vancouver. So if there's folks in oh. Vancouver, um, come. You know, if you uh, happen to be involved in. Uh, anything related to community development, I would go on SAMHSA's website and, and check out and see what kind of workshops and capacity building things we're offering. Um, so what's going on with you, Tasha? Nothing much. I had a pretty um, pretty good week, just kind of working hard, no no broken bones um, <laughs> to report. Are we, are we having mending, bo- mending bones? Right, mending bones. Mia has one more week in her cast, and then we get that removed next week, and... Um, 
she has definitely learned how to use it as a weapon toward her brother. Um, she also likes to bang it on her high chair and make music and make noise. So she's she's definitely learned how to work around it. She even use, still uses her fingers when she needs to, but has uh, learned how to use her left hand and feeding herself and picking up things and writing. And So she's I'm, I'm impressed. She's a trooper. So we have one more week, and that comes off next week. So. I'm excited about being able to give her a bath without having to wrap it all up in tape and and bags. You would think by now they so. would come up with a cast that you could probably get at least wet a little bit, but hey, mm-hmm. um, I guess the way you stick to what works, and um, you know it tends to work just to hold it still so I can mend. Exactly. But I'm glad yeah, to exactly. hear that. Glad to hear Thank that. You. And your experience a little bit of uh, single parenthood. Uh, over what today and tomorrow, right? Yeah, well, yesterday and today, yesterday and today. Okay. So, but I just thank God for other devoted moms and you know just creating creating those systems where you know I can get a little help when I need it. Because even this morning, Nia was still asleep and she had a kind of a rough night, and so I was able to you know get in touch with one of my other moms and and she took took uh, the oldest to school for me. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have to wake up the baby. So yeah, it's been pretty good. It hasn't been hasn't been too hard. KJ hates it when when Daddy's out of town. So he's always a little bit of a challenge, just kind of working through his emotions when Daddy's not here. But other than that, it hasn't been too mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, yeah. Hasn't nothing like tapping into that support system. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, Devoted Moms, I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you want to call in and uh, join the conversation, we're at 347-215-6138. Again, you can join us at 347-215-6138. You can also join us online at sylviaglobal.com, or you can live tweet with us. You can tweet chat with us on Twitter, and that's at Tasha and Regina. So feel free to... uh, to send in your questions by Twitter, by Facebook, or just you know call on in. We'd love to love to speak with you. Um, but today we're we're extending a little bit more on what we spoke about last week, um, and, and we're going to get more into the specifics of teen pregnancy, um, teenage STDs, just uh, how to how to speak to your children and different approaches to speaking to your children um, about sex and about just having those tough conversations. And we're also going to have a few guests on the show today, which I'm very mm-hmm. excited about, very excited. Our first guest, Navab, is going to be calling in in just a few minutes, and she's a health educator, wife, and a mother of two children. She's going to be calling in. She's got some expertise in, in educating students about HIV and AIDS, which is an area that both Regina and I have some experience mm-hmm. in too, but very excited about um, just speaking with her and getting her perspective on things and, you know, how to talk to your children. And then we also have another guest, uh, Jill, who will be calling in a, later, a little later this afternoon, and she's a counselor at the Center of uh, Pregnancy Center at Decatur, um, a wife and mother of two as well. So two devoted moms first. And then, um, secondly, we'll be bringing in some of their expertise in these areas. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more from them, um, seeing as I'm right in that tween teen um, <laughs> stage myself. My daughter will be 13 in two months, and so oh I have my notebook. I have my notebook out. So, moms, <laughs> if you're out there listening, notebook. get your notebooks together, and right. you know, I think I think it'll be a good conversation with with some learning attached to it. Yeah, yesterday, uh, well, our last topic on, you know, what our mom forgot to tell us about sex was was uh, really interesting and went in some directions that we uh, were a little surprised and then some that we um, we figured we would. What we didn't do, Tasha and I reflected later hmm. on, devoted moms, was to talk about more and maybe we should designate a special show um, to talking about uh, having those same conversations we mostly concentrated on our daughters, Um, Mm -hmm. but we know that a big part of um, sex, especially heterosexual, um, encounters involve males. (laughs) So um, we really don't want to overlook or um, under-resource mothers of boys um, because I think that they have a, 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 a special role in 
um, in really making our communities healthy and being able to make good choices um, that will benefit us all. And so I think that we probably will come back and maybe uh, bring someone on that particularly works with young men around mm-hmm. how to help them to um, understand and, and make good uh, choices when it comes to their bodies, also their emotions and uh, their connections. And so uh, we did realize that we um, we still, you know, there's lots to talk about and there's lots to catch up on, but we don't want other devoted moms to think that we're just um, girl-centered. Uh, girls have to interact with boys. And so we want to, exactly. we want to make That's sure true. that we support support all parents. And so uh, if you have any questions or any insights on what you'd like that show to cover because you are parenting um, or a devoted mom to um, boys, you know, give us a, a text or um, hit us up on Facebook and we will... Um, you know, take your questions, and as we do our research and try to identify some guests and resources, it would be helpful to have your assistance with that. Definitely. And when we were talking, when when Regina and I were talking before we, you know, started planning out some of the show topics, you know, one area that we didn't want to ignore was um, teen moms because they're devoted moms as well. And Mm -hmm. although, you know, um, the circumstance may not be the pretty packaged um, situation that we all hope for, um, they are indeed devoted mothers. And so we definitely wanted to first have some education around teen mothers and, again, how you talk to your teens. Um, And then next week we will have on some guests um, who started their journey um, in motherhood from, um, excuse me, when they were teenagers. Um, I think one lady will be calling in that that gifted her child to um, another family, and I think you have someone, Regina, who's um, you know who has who started off as a teen mom and now and now an Mm -hmm. adult, and just kind of getting the personal side, you know, from Mm -hmm. real stories and real people that experienced it and um, how they got through it, especially for any devoted moms out there who are currently teenagers or any devoted moms who have a teenager that may be going through this very situation as we speak. Right, and I think a third um, set of devoted moms are those moms who are um, are supporting, uh, whether they are the grandparent or whether they're the right. auntie or the neighbor, supporting um, teenage mothers who, um, you know, want to be devoted moms and maybe you may be mentoring or um, working with in a formal capacity or very informal and so we really did just want to say that there's a spectrum um, and it's not just, you know, a particular age group that wants to do the best by their children. And I, I think, you know, the media in, in a number of uh, movies or, um, you know, news uh, highlight, you know, how devastating it is. And it is devastating, but it isn't the end. Um, right. It, it It is a, a, a bump. Um, but certainly there are um, lots of examples where people have gone on and done incredible things, um, even though they started their motherhood very early. Um, mm-hmm. I had My own experience was I had a best friend in um, elementary school uh, who um, was pregnant, and uh, she's now a great-grandmother, which freaks me out. Wow. <laughs> Um, But I have to say when I, you know, when I became a mom, you know, she was one of the people that, you know, reached out to me um, and responded to, you know, my questions about what do I do about this and what do I do about Mm -hmm. that? And so she had experienced it um, and experienced it and has uh, went on to have a, 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 to be married and to have uh, several more children and, you know, just um, continued her education, and it right. wasn't easy, but, you know, definitely she did it. She did it. And so we, exactly. we really do want to uh, think, you know, let devoted moms know that, you know, that even though that, that isn't the most ideal circumstance, I guess is a way to put it, um, mm-hmm. but it it is, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes a, a young woman's journey, and and we want to definitely acknowledge and support them. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Well, I see here that we have our first guest um, holding 
So I'm going to oh. patch her in now, Miss Navab. Uh-huh. I see. Navab, are you there? This is Tasha. Hi, Tasha. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so Good. much for joining us. Regina, this is Navab. Hi, Navab. Come on, sit at the table. I'm so Thank glad you. you're here. Thank you. <laughs> We're really Thanks. looking forward to hearing your expertise on such a um, such a, uh, a topic that makes us want to run and hide. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a difficult topic. <laughs> but that doesn't really fare out very well as uh last week we talked about as um as women and as moms, uh what did our mothers leave out when it came to sex and um I don't know if you had a chance to listen or Tasha told you, but many of us said we that she told us nothing. <laughs> right. I heard some out. parts of it. Yeah. My mom um my mom was actually really good about it, and I think that's um, – I have a couple of reasons why I've gotten into this uh, line of work. And one, they were very honest with us about sex, but starting very, very young, like when we were three or four. And um what? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was too early. <laughs> so we had that book. I think you guys mentioned that book, Where Did I Come From? And so – Right. So so we had that book and we were they were just very honest with us and I think they told us a little bit too much. So too soon. So, so there um, is such a thing as too much. Exactly. There is There's such a thing yeah. as too much too soon. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but we also um didn't go on and continue a lot of the conversations uh in in a way that I would do differently now that I have a daughter and a son. So yeah, so I learned a lot from that. Right. Okay. And we acknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, our you know, generations and society is really different now and so mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though, you know, we say that our moms didn't, you know, directly tell us anything, um, it's just that we wanna acknowledge that they do prepare us in other ways, but for perhaps not as in a, a direct um fashion, uh with information, as much information, and so we just want to enhance what we learn from them and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. make sure that our daughters and sons are, you know, are prepared um, to make some really some really tough decisions that are often guided by um, some very natural-based emotions and feelings. Exactly. <laughs> um, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that will cloud even the, the most mature uh, person's uh, judgment. Oh yes, definitely. We forget, I think, a lot that um, our our bodies are primed for reproduction. That's what mm-hmm. we're supposed to do, and so those hormones start going, and this is what our bodies are supposed to do. And so we have to help kids um, sort of distinguish between what are those instinctual behaviors, and then help them to temper that with some knowledge and some skills. Right, right. Awesome. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit what your day looks like? As a health educator. Oh, sure, sure. Well, what I do now, I'm, um, as I, as Tasha said, you know, I'm home mostly with my two kids, um, and I have a sixth grader and a third grader. And um, But as a consultant, um, I give workshops and presentations. Um, I teach classes. I do all kinds of different things. I've been on the policy side of sex education. But um, mainly I'm a teacher, and I go and I work with, um, most recently I worked with college students and taught their sex ed courses and learned a lot from them um, as well because I was surprised to find sort of the diversity of students that I would have in my class and how young they were experiencing these different things. Um, But I developed this uh, workshop for parents because um, many of my friends and acquaintances uh, would hear at school that I did sex education. And so people would stop me in the hallway or in the parking lot. They would say, how do I talk to my kid about sex? I, you know, right, I know right. it's almost time, but I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know exactly what to say. And these would be people I didn't know very well. Um, and then I would have my very good friends who would call me on the phone and give me a detailed explanation of what their child asked and did they answer it the right way. And so they were just, they just wanted to make sure they did it right but they didn't right. know if this was the right way to do it. And so, okay. yeah, and so I, sa- I thought about it, and I said, you know, it would be really great if there was a way for parents to practice this 
because there's a lot of books and there are a lot of websites and and things that they can look at, but the practice with other people um, really mm-hmm. helps and helps with your self-confidence in order to have those conversations. Yeah, one so, of the things that Tasha and I really push are, is is to create that support system mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. of folks who are maybe going through similar so that you can, you know, kind of either tag team or have, um, you know, that, you know, someone other than just, you know, yourself and your nerves and your emotions and this is my baby. Uh, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I what I tell, I used to do programs for young women too, but I, it's just as effective for boys. Um, if you have another adult that you trust that shares your value system or um, at least knows your value system and is familiar with it and your child feels comfortable with them to sort of enlist them as your helper. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, and then they can go and talk to your kid about these difficult topics um, and, and you know that they're going to give them information that you would feel comfortable with. And then if there's a big issue, they know you well enough to come to you and say, you know, this is happening and you might want to talk to your child about it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think that's really, really important because it does take a village. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we, mm-hmm. told, we, we we are totally in agreement on that, and especially yeah. with things that um, I know for my daughter, you know, that she may not feel comfortable, you know, all that comfortable coming to me about. And so instead yeah. of going to maybe her friends or, or somebody, you know, I don't want her to go to, mm-hmm. you know, I've created mm-hmm. kind of this system and this circle so she can go to Regina and she can go to her aunt. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 you know, and talk to them and know that she can trust trust them with her information mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that they will, you know, and I know that I can trust that they will, you know, lead her and help her and guide her in the right way, you exactly. know, and not take mm-hmm. it personal that she can't come to me with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's really very effective, and I always um, tell my friends and people who come to my workshops that you really, if you don't have that type of relationship or that person that you've identified, you really need to go out and identify someone soon mm-hmm. um, that can mm-hmm. help you with this because you're not going to be there all the time either. So Right, 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 mm-hmm. and I, I, I have this funny belief that there's this gene or I think there's a couple of genes that get activated at different times in a parent during their child's development. Mm-hmm. And I think one is around sex, and mm-hmm. I think the other happens when you become a grandparent. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like if there's, you know, I, I just cannot even imagine, um, you know, my child being in a mature enough place. Um, and so I, I understand my limitations um, and I trust Tasha tremendously, and we have shared values and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm very grateful that that I I do have, you know, this this surrogate that can, um, even though she has great emotions and love for my girls, mm-hmm. um, she can also withstand hearing some of the things that I just yeah, don't think yeah, I need she to can hear. be a little bit more objective <laughs> than you can. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You do feel like it'll compromise the the mm-hmm. purity of your relationship. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I think that children feel that way as well. Yes, um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Until you know, you I get agree. older. <laughs> yeah, you get older. Mm-hmm. So, so tell tell us a little bit. Um, you know, we have listeners from all over the world. We are so okay. incredibly humbled by mm-hmm. um, who is tuning in. Uh, Tasha related earlier on our Facebook page that we had um, over a thousand listeners last wow. week. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so this is a, a really cool workshop, and I wish mm-hmm. I could pay you per purple per per person, um, <laughs> but I do in love and thankfulness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think are some of like the top three essential things that parents um you know really need to know about um you know sex education as it comes to their as it relates to their children? Well, there's so many things I think that um that they need to know um so what I think is most important instead of asking your child yourself when should I start talking to my child about sex now. You know, instead of trying to figure it out, now is the best time. When your child is born, you start talking to them with the correct names for their body parts, and that is the first step in educating your child about um, sex and their bodies. And I think 
the main reason why I got involved with this is because I find myself getting so heated because it's a public health issue. You know, it's just right. as important as obesity or nutrition or exercise. Um, but we have all these societal taboos that make it difficult for us to talk about it. So if you if you look at it in that way as a health issue, you know these are our body parts and they have mm-hmm. they have proper names and the kids need to know the proper names because if something happens to them and they go to the doctor, the doctor isn't going to know what um, you know necessarily a vajayjay is, is or a, a front <laughs> bottom or whatever you or my wee wee. I mean you know they have to. <laughs> So the kids need to know the proper terminology, and that's the way that you I I messed up that one with my first child, so I I corrected that (laughs) second, and I'm already teaching my baby the correct name. But, yes, um, Jordan went into the doctor's office one time, and she Mm -hmm. was having pain, and she said, the doctor said, well, you know, where are you having pain? And she said, Mm -hmm. in my ta-ta. And the doctor's like, what is a (laughs) ta-ta? Yeah, I yeah. So you on that. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Okay. Anyway, I have no idea. Please, I don't even remember. This was 12 years ago. I have no idea where I got that name. That's my funny. mom didn't call it that. I I have no idea. But I'm I'm on the right track now, Nabob. So you'd be yeah, proud. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, we all learn those different <laughs> names, and it just seems natural. And they're so little, you know. So you give them those names. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. So now is a good time. Um, you can always educate yourself more because um, one thing that parents need to remember if you're hesitant is that the CDC reports that more than 60% of high school seniors report having had sexual intercourse. So How many? Um, what percent was that 60%. Again? It's about 63% of high school seniors okay. report having had sexual intercourse. So. Okay. Children are having, your high school students are having sexual intercourse, and these kids will graduate having had sexual intercourse. So it's happening, and you want to make sure that you are the first person giving them information um, because the information they get from their friends may not be accurate, and you don't want them having inaccurate information. Um, And also you want them to trust you. I think, you know, my son in the fifth grade, they did the puberty talk at school, and he was so embarrassed. He didn't want to go. Um, But we we decided that that was the best time for him, for my husband to take him out, and they went and had coffee and ate a cheese Danish, which is his favorite thing to do. And they looked through this little book, and they didn't go into all the detail, but he got the basics. And so when he went into that class about puberty, he was informed, and he didn't he wasn't taken by surprise about what happened there, and he knew his parents trusted him enough to give him this information when he got into the class. Um, oh, okay. So he, you all kind of did a your, his father did a primer. Yes, we did a primer. <laughs> he hadn't been ready to have yeah yeah he hadn't been ready to have the talk yet. He he knew it was coming, but he kept saying I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. And right. so, you, you know, an important thing, too, is to wait till your child is ready. Um, and if you see, if you see some um, signposts that something is, is going to happen, like the puberty talk or um, another friend of mine, her daughter, they had a lot of friends who um, were single parents. And, um, and so they had to explain things a little sooner when she was in first grade because she wanted to know why is she having a baby and she doesn't have a husband or a partner or, right. you know, mm-hmm. and so – and 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 she wanted to know, so um, so those are things you can do too. Um, so I just wanted to say that there are lots of the teenagers; they are having sexual intercourse. Not everyone, but there's a high enough percentage that you want your kids to have the information. And then if they have the right information, then they can give their friends the right information. So that's something to remember too. Um, there are that's a lot good. of sexually transmitted point. infections that are out there. And um, young people are vulnerable to them, and they're unknowingly contracting them and spreading them. So that's mm-hmm. something to to remember. Um, I just came here from Missouri, and there was a statistic in the Kansas City area. Um, they used to do some sexually transmitted infection testing there. And when they would go into the high schools, um, 10% of the kids they would test that reported being sexually active had undiagnosed chlamydia. And that was across the board, all the places they went. Wow. Um, so when you have 10% of your sexually active high school population um, with undiagnosed chlamydia, that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. So these are things that can be alleviated through education. So um, so those are the things. And, and most importantly, 
we love our kids and we want them to be healthy and happy and safe. And so that's how you can think of sex education. I, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, just think of how much you love your child. You want them to be healthy and happy and safe. And this is one of the ways you can do that. That's really, good. That's, yeah, well, that's really good. I think good. it's interesting, too. You know, the CDC reports, Tasha, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. Um, but your CDC reports of 60%. I just mm-hmm. think as a senior in high school, would I have answered that question honestly? Right. I wonder right. if it's higher than that. Yeah, it could be higher. They've been doing this. It's called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, and they've been doing it for years. Um, and that's always a question that comes up, whether the teens are honest. They try to control for that. Um, right. So they've done the best they can to control for that particular uh, um, factor as they do the surveys. But I think it's, it's about right. I mean, um, 60% isn't super high, but it's high enough. Um, you know, it's not like it's 80%, but it's 60%. And um, But there's also some kids who, who wouldn't be honest, but, you know, they've done the best they right. can to control for that. So, and one thing I like to say, too, my husband and I say a lot, well, what if it's true? And so even if it wasn't true or it was higher, what are we going to do about it? Let's, right, let's just right, yeah, that's still the true. same question. The same yeah. same question still holds true no matter the percentage. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Mm, that's good. That's yeah. very good. Well, we actually um, have our second guest on the line, and okay. so I definitely wanted to bring her on so all four of us can continue the conversation. And okay. if you are a uh, listener-devoted mom out there and you'd like to join in the conversation, maybe you'd like to share with us your experience on a conversation that you've had with your teen, um, please join us at 347-215-6138. Again, that's 347-215-6138. You can also join us online at sylviaglobal.com. And so we're going to patch uh, Miss Jill in. She is a counselor with the Pregnancy Center of Decatur. And let's see if we have her on. Jill, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you perfect. This is Tasha. How are you doing? Hey, Tasha. I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Um, introduce Jill to my best friend and co-host, Regina. Hi, Jill. Hey, Regina. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you taking your time out. Thanks and for having, having a break with us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and also we have Navab on, who is a um, who is a health educator. So she's been kind of educating us on how to talk to your teens and, and what to say and when to say um, and when to say it. So Navab, um, this is Jill. Hello. Hello. <laughs> awesome. It's Glad so funny. I feel like I should on. be pulling out a chair and saying, come on, just sit right here, sit right here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> come sit down and join us. So, Jill, why don't you give us a little um, overview of what it is you do? Okay. Well, I am the Community Relations Coordinator at the Pregnancy Center of Decatur here in Decatur, Georgia. We are a nonprofit organization that um, is here to provide um, free um, medical services as well as emotional and spiritual support to girls who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. And a big component of of our mission is prevention, of course, because the, Mm -hmm. the best thing to do is to try to prevent the unplanned pregnancies from happening in the first place. So um, in a nutshell, that is what we do, and um, my role here is in community relations, letting people know that we're here and what we do. And I was recently trained in our prevention program to go um, into the schools and into the community to um, provide our presentation um, about prevention into the school systems as well as mm-hmm. the, the community or any organizations. We also have a um, parent presentation that we do to help equip parents on how to talk to their kids about sex. So, Oh, perfect. And, and so what age, what age do you start that? So you said schools. What, um, what age schools are you going to? Um, we focus on 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. Um, mm-hmm. We feel like after ninth grade, we've kind of missed the mark, and 6th grade is a little bit early to give the information that is as bold as some of the information that we're giving. Um, and I think that, you know, 5th and 6th grade age is when they're they're getting those puberty talks. So they that's mm-hmm. already incorporated in this in this in the schools, and we're not a curriculum. It's a presentation mm-hmm. that supplements the, the sex ed that's already in place. So the schools invite us in 
to give a little bit different perspective um, than they might be getting otherwise. So that's the ages that we're focusing on, the 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. Hmm. Awesome. Um, Jill, one of the things that, um, and, I, and I don't want to butcher your name, Navab? Navab. Navab, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave us two really great um, tips for talking with your um, young people um, or how things that parents can do. And one is to start now um, by teaching your child the proper names for body parts. Um, and then kind of flowing as they, you know, get older, um, kind of, you know, moving in the direction. Um, And I guess the second part I heard you say was also to prepare yourself with the facts um, so that you can um, be comfortable um, but also educated um, about what's going on now um, on the outside but also, um, you know, just how to appropriately discuss um, some of the subjects, and along with that, realizing that if you if you can't discuss that, that you have some support systems in place um, that will do that for you, that have your shared values. Could you add to that list? Sure. Um, I definitely second to <coughs> start now, um, start early, and it's a constant conversation if you make it mm-hmm. that one-time talk then that's exactly what it's going to be. And I think your kids are going to seek out other resources in order to get their information. And you want to be that person um, that they that they come to when they have questions, when they've heard something they don't know what it is, or when they're experiencing something. You want, hopefully, that you're that person. And if you start that conversation early, I agree 100% with that, just to start now. And um, it's a continued conversation. And I would say to always look for those teachable moments in your everyday interaction with your kids and especially in that preteen age when they're so impressionable and they're already having so much access to the media, I think mm-hmm. is really important. Um, so you start young with the body parts and getting comfortable with that. And my daughter's always saying to her girlfriends, if I say something like, yeah, we have a really open household here and she, I think sometimes wonders if they're embarrassed, (laughs) Um, (laughs) just in in really honest, open conversation about our bodies and the things that are going on with them. Um, So I think that that is first and foremost, and that just reinforces the relationship between you and your child, as well as the open communication about topics that can become uncomfortable if you make it that way. So I definitely agree with that. And I have to second the, the equipping yourself and educating yourself about what's going on in the world and what mm-hmm. the teen life is is really like. And it's right now I think it's really scary. And um, we live in a very different world now than we did um, when we were young. And um, yeah. the <laughs> STIs are – mm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they do say that. I think they do say that. But I think our differences are different. Um, they're, they're a lot more scary now, I think, with especially – the number of sexually transmitted infections that are in our yeah, world today. Yeah, I think definitely yeah. the disease component, the infectious mm-hmm. disease component it has for a couple of generations um, just taken it to a whole nother level. Pregnancy, whole nother level. Um, and pregnancy was, was you know, the 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 worst, not, not the worst, but but now the there's fear. things that can actually really take you out. And, right. Um, mm-hmm. right. You know, really challenge you being able to even live. So that does take it to another level. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And Jill, you you guys also come when you're speaking to children. Um, well, I don't know. Actually, this is more of a question. When you're either out speaking with your children or when you have girls coming into your center, you also have, like you said, more of a spiritual approach that you bring to talking with your girls. Can you touch a little bit on that? Absolutely. Um, well, our the Pregnancy Center of Decatur is a faith-based organization. Now, when we mm-hmm. do our school presentations, it, it's um, evidence-based, um, based on absolute truth, on the facts, but it is not, does not have a spiritual component um, okay. unless that's what you believe. I mean, you know, it, it ties into a lot of different health issues, of course, but um, as far as the Pregnancy Center of Decatur, we are a faith-based organization, and we hope to incorporate that into talking to our patients. But a lot of times that doesn't happen until 
we've established a relationship with them. When they first come into the center, they're usually in crisis mode, and and right. our role is to um, service them medically and to be an ear to listen to what's going on in, in them and to give them de- decision-making um, tools as well as as much education about what's going on with them if they do find out that they're pregnant. So that's the first step um, as far as is that is concerned, um, but then we hope to bring that that spiritual aspect into it. One of the part of our mission statement is to help our par- our patients um, into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. But that's that's our organization, and that portion um, we don't bring into our our prevention presentations unless we're in a church. And then we certainly mm-hmm. can do that with youth groups and things like that. But in the school system is is mostly the evidence based. But it is um, an absence-based program just to give them the um, foresight to see that there are healthy choices that they can make and that when they choose not to make the healthiest choices or they make poor choices, then there are consequences for that. And those consequences are real. They're physical. They're emotional. um, They're social. They can be financial if there's um, a teen pregnancy involved. So we kind of do that whole person approach in what those consequences are and then kind of give them the tools and equip them on how to make healthy choices and what does that look like. You know, their little right. teenage brains aren't fully developed yet, and so we have to kind of paint that picture for them, and you have to connect the dots. If you do this, then this might happen. If you do this and make healthy choices, then these great things can maybe happen in your life. So it's kind of connecting the dots for them. That was a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> but, and for me personally as a mom, the spiritual aspect is extremely important um, because it's kind of the foundation of, of what we believe in, in my household right. as a mom. So those are different roles, that I hats that I have to wear, but um, I'm lucky enough to incorporate those into my job as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and, again, I appreciate you have you coming on here and and agreeing to be a part of our show because we really want to be able to at the end of the day equip our listeners and our devoted moms with different ways that they can talk to their children um and not be kind of continue what we may have experienced growing up like we said okay. at the beginning where our moms didn't talk to us at all you know or just the one conversation and then that's it you know kind of checking that off our list and thinking that that's it um i really liked what you said Navab, about making sure that we are the ones that hear mm-hmm. about it that our kids yeah. hear about it from first yeah um and uh, that was definitely my key when i first started talking to jordan and i said that to mm-hmm. her and i said no matter what you hear or what you're going through i always want you to be able to come back to me and, mm-hmm. and ask me if this is true Mm-hmm, I never mm-hmm. want you to hear something from your girlfriends and then think, well, I never heard the opposite from my mom, so I guess right. that is true, you know. Right. Um, right. And so uh, that's another reason why I think the conversation is so important and the multiple conversations are important because there are definitely going to be situations where she's going to come to me about mm-hmm. something. That will probably yeah. throw me off my rocker. But, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, and what's interesting about that because they all come to us with, things that we're not prepared for, really. And it's usually when you're doing the dishes or driving the car and in traffic the or car. whatever. Right. And driving so, the car, man, sometimes I'm afraid to get in the front seat. I want to sit in the back. Somebody else drive. What I try to talk to parents about, too, is, um, you know, figuring out what they might ask you ahead of time and then developing mm-hmm. scripts and going through them in your head ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So you know what you'd say if your child asks you something about this, um, yeah. you know. And then always pause when they ask you a question because usually you're not ready for it when they're asking you these mm-hmm. questions. And so right. ask them, why are you asking that? You know, where did mm-hmm. this come from or something? And then they can tell you the context. And so then right. you know how much information to give. So you don't Is just go overboard and sort of tell them everything. And then right. they're like, that also deer like the so that you can like get your get your nerves together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You pause and you I'll, say, "Why I'll are you asking?" Sentence. And then yeah, 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 it helps a lot. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's also yeah, good. You know, Tasha. I know I've learned from you. You know, you have a daughter that's older, and so in in lis- listening and learning and living um, and supporting you, I get some early 
you know, indicators of, well, this is what's going on. This is what's going on, possibly, right? <laughs> right, right, right. If, if we could switch just for a moment into um, really talking about um, what happens when there is a pregnancy um, and that that um, that girl um, is a teenager, and I think we probably say teenagers are, um, you know, from from when they uh, had their first menstrual, and those those ages are ranging so incredibly now um, to yeah, I would say probably eighteen, um, and I'd even like to say twenty one, just because of maturity. I think that that twenty one really. You know, is when people tend to, or you know, individuals tend to be really considered more of adults. Um, but 18 is certainly, you know, for many legal um, reasons, the age of adulthood. Um, so, so what should we know? What what are some of what are some of the, the myths that we can dispel or stereotypes mm-hmm. we can break um, about a teenage mother? Wow. Um spells and myths about a teenage mother? Well, um, I think one of the statistics um, that our other listener, what is her name? I'm sorry. Oh, it's Navab. That's okay. Navab, thank you. Uh Um, That Navab had had referenced was that, and and I have that same statistic that we work off, is that um, 62% of um, high school seniors are, are having sex. Um, and that's a really high number. And so I don't think that that discounts anybody from experiencing this in their family. I think that would be mm-hmm. one of the myths. Um, I think mm, that's good. Um, whether you're a, <laughs> um, a Christian or whatever your faith or your beliefs might be or the lack thereof, you're just as susceptible to having that happen in your family and within your mm-hmm, family mm-hmm. as you are the next person. And mm-hmm. um, that's where the education and the communication is so important in trying to, um, you know, just prevent that from happening in the first place. So that is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is one of the biggest myths that um, come to my mind. Um, the um, average age of the student who comes into our center is 18 to 24 years old. Yeah. That's our that is our kind of target. The majority of the girls that we're seeing um, at our center okay. are within that age group. Um, 23% are between the ages of 15 and 19. So that's not a statistic that's necessarily small or one that we really mm-hmm. want to accept. Um, so it's just that it, it can happen, and that's where that communication and the prevention is so important. And um, mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's one of the myths that you can definitely um, – so um, that help answer the question good. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that definitely answers the question. And actually, um, when mm-hmm. I was, I used to work with a pregnant teen program years ago back in, uh, gosh, when was that? <laughs> the 1990s, 90s, mid-90s, yeah. Seven? Yeah, 90, like yeah. 97 to 99, somewhere <laughs> around there. And it was a, a very hard um, very hard job, but extremely rewarding yeah. and fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the myths for me that I think I had going in and was definitely dispelled was that um, a teenage mom is uh, just one of those just fast teenagers, you know, fast is what your mom might, might say. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. know, fast from, you know, fast from, you know, fast girls, hot, yeah, just hot, mm-hmm. you're just out there, you know, <laughs> having sex with just everybody and, you know, making yeah. – uh, you know, and just just being out there wrong, and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. met I met a handful, a oh, handful, handful of of girls who, you know, went to school, didn't get in trouble, didn't skip school, you know, were on the right path, getting A's, and um and then made that just that one time or that one choice, you know, and and some of them even miseducated and not knowing. Right. That what I'm about to do with this person is going to result in this. Just right. didn't mm-hmm. have a clue. You know, they mm-hmm. just were mm-hmm. in love and doing what they felt <laughs> you do when you're in love and had exactly. no idea what it would lead mm-hmm. to. And so mm-hmm. that was the biggest myth that was um, dispelled for me, that it's just not about them running around and, you know, having four and five babies mm-hmm. and that's just mm-hmm. going to be their life. But 
um, no. just really saying, okay, this is what happened. I made a mistake, but still mm-hmm. continuing that path of education, continuing mm-hmm. that path of wanting to, you know, possibly be married one day and, and, and making a better life for their, for their, um, for their kids, the same mm-hmm. dreams that us as adults have for our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they Absolutely. have the same dreams that, that, that we do. They just started, you know, a little earlier. So that was that was a big mess for me. What about you, Nivab? Um, well, I was listening to what you said, and I was uh, thinking, you know, a lot of young people and adults, we don't tell kids that it can happen the first time you have sex. And I've met so many women who, in that age range that Jill mentioned, that 18 to 24-year-old age range, and they became pregnant in college, and it was the first time they'd had sex and they didn't think it was going to happen, and they were sort of caught off guard because a lot of uh, young women become sexually active because they're there, they and they don't know how to step right. back from the situation and say maybe this isn't the right time. They haven't prepared themselves for the situation. Perhaps they haven't, um, you know, become educated about contraception or, or using contraception. So um, a lot of them think, well, it's just one time. And they're also not aware of their cycles, too. I think mm-hmm. that's some education we right. can give young women, too. Be aware of your cycle. You know, you're you're fertile for, you know, a certain number of days per month. Um, and so there's just a lot of education. Um, and it only takes one time to become pregnant. So, yeah. Now, Bob, what you also say, what, what I thought about, too, was um, – something that the CDC was really trying to push around HIV and AIDS prevention was mm-hmm. uh, condom uh, negotiation. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it was having prepared themselves for the conversation, if we're going to do this, I need to do this, we need to be safe. Yes. Um, and it was interesting because they even had some um, – they they also had some initiatives that were directing even women who were married. Um, and so and and it is a negotiation. It isn't mm-hmm, a, a mm-hmm. you know points in our lives. It's not going to be a deal breaker, but this is you know this is what's important and this is what's going to help us. You know if we're in college, stay on track, or if we're yes. in high school, yes. you know continue mm-hmm. to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found when I was doing working with young people at risk. It was the male or the the guys, the boys, who were like, um, you know, she doesn't. They don't want you to wear them. Um, and it was very interesting because we always gave the power to the boys, right. but the girls right. have the power too. Um, but I think that I know as a devoted mom, I want my daughters to yield their power. Yeah. Um, so you're saying around. the boys don't want to wear them. Right? No, the boys were saying that they were having a hard time with the, the girls didn't want them. Okay, to wear. so I was confused. Okay, so the yeah. girls don't want the boys to wear them. That's interesting. Yeah, and, yeah I hadn't And we that do before. know that maturity wise, girls are yeah. more advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, right. if, mm-hmm. if they're advanced, and I use the word maturity very lightly, they're more mm-hmm. assertive. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maturity and assertiveness is not necessarily, or assertiveness doesn't equal maturity. Mm-hmm, um, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, much, they can be kind of like in charge until, mm-hmm. you know, the other part of the myth, which is um, typically it is an older male that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. has sex mm-hmm. with a younger female, mm-hmm. um, but no one kind of looks at, you know, yeah. well, he's 19 and you were 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we really want to talk about supporting, you know, that that it, it takes two. Yeah, um, it definitely does. So well, how, do you, for, how does a parent talk about that? Well, I think for both of them, you know, in terms of condom use, I think that really needs to be a deal breaker for for young people, people who are not in monogamous relationships. And one thing that really um, that I learned when I was in college that I really it hadn't clicked for me was that you know condoms protect you from pregnancy certainly, um, but there are three, at least three, sexually transmitted diseases that can that they they can be spread um, just by skin to skin contact, and okay. that's something they have to remember too. You're not just preventing a pregnancy here. You know, syphilis, herpes, mm-hmm. and um, human papillomavirus or genital warts right, right. can be spread just by skin to skin contact, and so that condom is also protecting you from. Um, 
these these sexually transmitted infections, um, some of which can't be cured. If you get herpes or genital right. warts, you have those for the rest of your life. Right. And right. so I think that, you know, kids need to have that brought home to them, that this isn't just to prevent a pregnancy. It's not just for these. It's, it's, it's a public health issue. These are your body parts. And HPV, you know, that leads to cancer. It leads to cancer of the cervix um, and has some... Um, some consequences health-wise for men as well um, in terms of cancer development. Um, so I think that, you know, as parents, we need to talk about that with our kids. And that's a really, that's a tough conversation, too, because that's it's not just yeah. skirting the issue about contraception. I want you to protect yourself. I want you to be safe. This is mm-hmm. the conversation where you say, look, these are the things that can happen to you, and here's a way you can protect yourself. And I don't know how else to protect you when you're alone. Um, I'm going to give you these skills. I'm going to tell you what to say. But when you're alone, you're making your own choices. And so should you choose to engage in sexual activity, I I want you to do this and I want you to protect yourself. And if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it do it for me. You know, protect mm-hmm. yourself because, you know, you're going to get these these infections are real and they'll stay with you for your whole life as well as a mm-hmm. child. But you know, I think so often we don't talk about those sexually transmitted infections as much as we talk about the potential for pregnancy as well. Right, right, so right. And, and if I can just add on to that, I think sure. it's important yeah. to to know in addition to um, the fact that Naval has just shared with us that you can get sexually transmitted infections even if you use a condom. So if the mm-hmm, risky mm-hmm. behavior, it's important mm-hmm. to address the risky behavior period. Mm-hmm. Um, well, right. From that perspective as well, because I mean, there's a, a huge increase in in throat cancer right now because of of oral sex. Oral so, sex. and mm-hmm. and skin to skin contact, yeah. even using mm-hmm. a condom, you've got skin to skin contact in the genital mm-hmm. area, even with a yes. condom. So no, there true. is well, still yeah. a lot of risk um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with choosing to be sexually active, and we're not just mm-hmm. talking sexual intercourse. There's a mm-hmm. lot of sexual mm-hmm. activity that mm-hmm. puts right. you at high risk. Yeah, physically, right. as well as the other obvious reasons that come into mm-hmm. that. So I think mm-hmm. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. I just wanted to jump in on that. Oh, no, those and are then good that leads too. to mm-hmm. the other part of it um, is um, the other thing that I would talk to parents and talking to their kids about, as well as the facts and the education on on the statistics that we've been talking about that are so scary. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I know. Can we bring back the chastity belt? I mean, is that you know no longer like a? I'm just trying to to Mm think of like steel underwear that you have to have a special coat. Certainly, with technology, we should be able to do that. I'm already wanting to put one of the dog implants. You know, that you can you can find your dog. Should we be able to have that with our children? Uh, Well, I just want to say really. Can I just jump in really quickly, though? The things to tell our parents about. Oh, Mm -hmm. who's talking? Oh, no, it's okay. Um, Go ahead, Jill. Is is the boundary setting is is one Uh of the the biggest things that I've even already started using with my girls as young as they are because it it applies to any peer pressure situation, but especially that is boundary Mm -hmm. setting is to think about Mm -hmm. your boundaries ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Earlier in the show, I heard you talking about how our bodies are naturally made to desire touch. And when you Mm -hmm. start um, that, then it's naturally desires the next step. And so if Mm -hmm. you don't think about ahead of time where your boundaries are going to be, and be able to speak those boundaries to someone else, then you're certainly not going to probably be able to do it when you're in a situation where it's hard to put the brakes on when you're, oh, you know, Jill, that was a boy or making nugget. out with a boy. That, yeah, that's very so, good. That is a golden so nugget. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say thank you for that one because that definitely, <laughs> yes. um, we talk about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable Mm-hmm. And I, I, I am going to certainly incorporate that into um, with my conversations mm-hmm. with my girls. And I mean, they're seven and eight, but we that 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 makes a lot of sense, Jill. I thank you so yeah. much for that. Um, you know, we we're we're winding down. My goodness, we are that we are we have sixty seconds. <laughs> so any resources or any um, places that you really think that um, parents should go out and um, visit online or something like that in order to get more information like this? Um, 
one thing I wanted to say real quick is that um, parents who talk to their children about sex early and often, those children um, have sex later in life when they're more prepared, married, whatever that might be, and they have fewer partners. So that's really important. Um, and some other some places they can go to online, Advocates for Youth um, is a good organization, and they have um, um, step-by-step instructions by age group, what information is appropriate for your kids. Advocates based for on Youth, age great. Advocates, Advocates for Youth. Advocates for Youth, is it for children and youth or for just youth? Um, It's for children and youth because it starts at kindergarten. Or I think maybe it starts before kindergarten, but yeah. I think that's ACF.org. It's Advocates for Youth. I think it is, A-F-Y. But it's Advocates for Youth.org. Great. Awesome. Um, Jill, Mm -hmm. do you have something that um, any places for parents to go to continue to get more information? Yes. um, Our prevention part of our organization, we have nicknamed um, the SWAT team, which stands for Speaking Words of Absolute Truth, and they can go to the SWATteam.org to find out more about our presentations for youth as well as for parents, and um, our contact information is there as well. Awesome. Oh, this has just been great, and I wish we had more time to talk, but we are completely out of time. But we are going to continue this conversation next week, Devoted Mom. Thank you, Nabob. Thank you, Jill. I bow to you. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Regina, I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you on the other side, sister. Okay. Thank you so much, ladies. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.